This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Not so good. Not, 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 not good. Not good. First half, beginning, we moved well the ball, but lost too many passes. Um, and the game, the goal came from that. We were unbalanced. But not a good performance, honestly, not a good performance. The decision was, was basically trying to give minutes. We need players to, to get minutes on their legs and, and, and increase the levels of, of fitness. Um, but of course, things take, take some time. It was not, not so good. But individually, some players put good situations, things that we want to build on. But as a team, uh, we were not organized enough, didn't play the ball fast enough to break a team that uh, was, was really compact and not, not allowed to make spaces. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Nuno Espirito Santo says that the feel-good factor has disappeared at Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs lost their Europa Conference League qualifier. What a mouthful. They went down <laughs> 1-0 against Pacos de Ferreira early this morning. Hello there. Good evening to you. Welcome to our second on the ball of the season. I'm Ross and joining me in the studio, the usual gang. We have Bob Holmes here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, Craig Marias also joins us. Hello, Craig. Hello, boys. Good to be back. Good to see you, Craig. And Des Corkill. Hello, Des. Hello, all. Did you notice week one was free of VAR? And what a wonderful occasion it was. Football is back. It was great. And also, not a single draw in that first weekend of football. Really strange. All right, let, let's clear up the uh, Pacos de Ferreira defeat first for Tottenham Hotspur. Nuno Espirito Santo apparently made 11 changes to the, sun, to the side on Sunday. They beat Man City 1-0. Bob, let me ask you this. Do Spurs, do Nuno this season really need this Europa Conference League? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And I, I think 11 changes is your answer. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think they're looking at Arsenal, who are not involved even in this. And Arsenal are sort of thinking, wow, we can really do something on the training ground. We won't have all this travel. Um, you know, we, we, can, we can bounce back. And uh, I think that Spurs, it's occurred to Spurs that this is not worth winning. I mean, the Europa Cup, to be fair, is worth winning. But this, I don't think is. It's been called the dog and duck conference league. Um, that's just about its level. I mean, we've never heard of half the teams in it. That no. tells you. Um, I think there's an ulterior motive of, that uh, UEFA have for, for uh, having this league, but that's for another day. Um, no, I think they um, they don't care if they, if they go out. It's... Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what team he picks for the return leg. I mean, they only lost 1-0. They're playing at, uh, at the new uh, Spurs Stadium. And really, they ought to be able to turn that around. Um, but whether they want to or not um, is another matter. So uh, I think, you know, all eyes on Nuno's team selection next week. Yeah, it was, it was a team of unknowns. They had Maxim... Pascozzi, that J. Neil Bennett, Pierluigi Gallini, Brian Gill actually started as well, and Dale Scarlett, 
led the line. <laughs> no, there was a, there was a lot of talk about Harry Kane, Craig. But um, what would you do with this Harry Kane situation now, if if you're Spurs? I mean, do you get rid of as soon as possible? Do you try and shoehorn him in this weekend against Wolves? What would you do with him? Um, I I mean, I've been clear from the start. I, I'd say take the money, um, 150 million or whatever it is that Daniel Levy's holding out for. Um, is is an incredible sum. I mean, I mean, we are talking about one of the best strikers in the world. There's no doubt about that. But 150 million is a lot of money. Um, they can definitely definitely invest that in other areas. I mean, I think yesterday was plain to see that they don't have a squad. Um, you know, so they can definitely add to that depth. I think you know, you go back to last weekend, and you know, I thought they they put in a really good performance. I don't think City are at the levels that they need to be, but they will bounce back and they will get to those levels. Um, so we can't read too much into it. Um, but, you know, e- you know, even if, if Harry Kane's injured, you know, you're talking about moving the midfielder into that striking position, they don't have depth, hmm. you know, and, and that's clear to see. So with that 150 million that they get, uh, and I think Daniel Levy will sell, he is a seller, um, he needs to sell because Spurs are, you know, with the stadium the costs and everything like that. They need the money. They, they, they're in debt, they're in severe debt. So he, he will go. I'm absolutely convinced he will go because Man City will stump up the money. They, they, they definitely need another striker. Yeah. And um, Daniel Levy's a businessman. He's always sold, but for his price. There's not one instance where I can remember that he didn't sell up. So, I mean, I think it's, it's inevitable that Kane will join City. And, uh, and, and the fact of the matter is that Spurs could do with the money and reinforcements. Yeah. Do they, will they have the time, though, to, 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 get, to get players in with transfer window shuts, of course, in, what, 11 days' time? Uh, this weekend, of course, it's the Nuno Espirito Santo derby, there's Corkill. <laughs> <laughs> Wolves against Tottenham. Wolves themselves uh, didn't start brightly. Bruno Lager is now the man in charge there. They, they lost 1-0 at Leicester. I, I thought Jamie Vardy's howling celebration oh. was... was Bleep housery at its finest. <laughs> but, but I mean, you, are, are you are you with the guys? Do, do you think Spurs not need the Europa Conference League? Uh, I think this is big club arrogance. Uh, the likes of Anderlecht and Roma and Tottenham and Feyenoord are all in this Europa Conference League. Spurs played a full season last year saying, Europe is our goal. We've got to get into the Champions League. Europe is our goal. What is the point of football? Unless we can play in European football. So they're in this Europa, Europa Conference League. Uh, the, the, then the arrogance of they put out a, a, a debutant and, and reserve team against a team and they got their comeuppance. I think uh, if you enter a competition, you do think it's worth your while getting something out of it, particularly um, if, if, it's, if it's the first time going there but the arrogance of, of of big clubs saying oh this is beneath us tell you what football is not just about the elite seven or eight or nine up at the top football is about the likes of St. Johnston having a chance to play in this uh, kind of competition it's the likes of Trabzonspor Trans- Trans- having it's a chance to against Roma <laughs> exactly it's an opportunity for clubs to remind us that it's not just about the ones who can launder their millions or are, sub- or, uh, are, are supported by massive massive um, um, support bases football is for everybody it is Europa Conference leads spreads the love a little bit, gives other teams an opportunity to play in the limelight, and gives a really, really good headline for a small team from Portugal that none of us had ever heard before to go on and take on, not only take on, but beat Tottenham. 
Tottenham will probably do them in the second leg. But what a big club arrogance. Uh, you know I believe football is for all, but the arrogance of big clubs just is, is, is astonishing. Oh, we don't want the Super League, but we only want a Super League. Come on. But maybe Daniel Levy thought he was just playing one Portuguese fella. Pacos de Ferreira. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> so, it, well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see Wolves versus Spurs this weekend. <laughs> oh, that was the question, huh? <laughs> do, 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 you think, do you think Harry will have a run out? Or will he go before the weekend? I think if if it's um, if if he's Tottenham and he's still a Tottenham player and he's perceived fit because they said he he wasn't fit. He, uh, Manchester City haven't bid what Levy wants, which is 150 million. They're tinker around with a mere 127. <laughs> Levy's got every right to try and hold hold on to him. He says he wants 150. Manchester City aren't short of a bob or two. We've shown that they paid 100 million for Grealish. They paid nearly a billion pounds since Pep Guardiola became coach. So make them uh, stump up the the the, the state money. Um, I'm, I'm all right. And if he's, if he's part of your squad and you think he's going to have the right attitude, play him. Otherwise, let him rot in the reserves. Brilliant. Well said, sir. Wolves against Tottenham is a Sunday, 9pm kickoff. Let's get our Game Week 2 preview underway good and properly then. Uh, the early Saturday evening game is Liverpool against Burnley. Liverpool showed last weekend, Bob, with their 3-0 destruction of Norwich City that uh, they're slowly resembling their title-winning selves again. It was nice to see Van Dyke come back, slot back in. Uh, obviously, a bit rusty. It's going to need games, but good way to start. And they're looking for, for six points after two games this weekend. Yes, they will be, certainly. Uh, it'll be a question of uh, avenging the uh, defeat by Burnley in January, which broke their unbeaten record at Anfield. Um, bit of a sore point that and that game uh, Burnley's big boys up front bullied Liverpool's makeshift defence and it'll be interesting to see what difference Van Dijk makes um, he won't have Gomez alongside him I don't think but um, either Matip or, or Konati will uh, will be an able replacement um, so I don't think Burnley can expect the same sort of Liverpool that they encountered then. Very, very different. Most of the, uh, the injured are back. Um, and even uh, Robertson, who, who's uh, got injured almost for the first time in his Liverpool career, uh, has been ably replaced by Simicast, the Greek yeah. left back who... Uh, sat out the entire season. I think he only played a couple of minutes of the whole season. We don't never really had a look at him at all. And he looked very good. In fact, he looked better than Robertson did when <laughs> Robertson started. I'm not saying he's going to emerge as a as a world-class attacking wingback, but he looked, he 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 did really take to the game and the pace and everything. He'd been impressive in the warm-up games. So uh, it, there doesn't seem to be any weakness there, any weak point. But it was encouraging for Liverpool to see that Mane and Firmino got on the board last yeah. week because they were the two main disappointments, I think, of last season. I mean, we, we all talked about the injuries, but there were two or three players whose form really dropped off. And those two, I think, were the ones, Mane and Firmino, the main... Uh, culprits if you like so they both got a goal 
they both looked a bit more sprightly. So uh, that's encouraging. It, it all looks good. I mean, the only thing about Liverpool is that they haven't really bought anybody apart from Konate. And there is a bit of concern about that. But you have, uh, like, particularly not replacing Wijnaldum, but you have Naby Keita, who's looked very good in uh, pre-season. I know he's done that before, <laughs> uh, famously, but could this be the moment? I mean, mm. they paid a lot for him. They waited a long time to sign him. I mean, he's the third most expensive Liverpool signing ever. Yeah. Only Van Dijk and Alisson uh, cost more than, than Cater. There were big expectations for the guy. Box to box, midfielder, you know, got everything. But his combination of injuries, mainly injuries and bad, you know, bad luck, getting injured at the wrong time, have held him back massively. But this, I think, is his moment. Let's hope he can stay fit. Yeah. Um, Liverpool looking good. Uh, well, admittedly, after only one game, uh, you could say the opposite for Burnley because they threw away the lead against Brighton last weekend to lose 2-1 at home. Um, but... Craig Marias, we know Sean Dyche and Burnley and their style. Despite what happened last week, you know Burnley will only go to Anfield with one thing and only one thing on their mind. That's to defend. <laughs> and to be fair, I think most, most teams would set up like that <laughs> yeah, when you true, go to Anfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it, you know, I think Burnley will be very disappointed uh, by throwing away that. It's a game that they should be winning uh, and should be. I, I mean, I have my doubts about the goal that they scored. I, I, I thought it was a foul, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, so, so you could say they were a bit lucky to take the lead. Um, but, you know, we, when we talk about reinforcements and I look at Burnley, I mean, they haven't really done anything no. either, you know, and, and, and that's the worrying thing. Um, I, I think, you know, when you stagnate, um, you don't, don't beef up the squad, um, it, it's going to be a problem. You look at someone like Chris Wood, you know, went to the Olympics and he's straight back into the thing. He hasn't really had a rest. Um, and he, and he's crucial to everything that Burnley does. You know, Burnley are going to play well. I mean, yeah, OK, you can say that, you know, Nick Pope and Tarkovsky and me are, are key. But if they're going to get goals up the other end of the pitch, it's it's more likely going to be Chris Wood than anyone else. So um, it's a bit of a problem uh, for, for for Burnley. Um, and, and I think at some stage he'd probably need a rest, a long uh, period of rest. Um, but yeah, I mean, Burnley are going to go to Anfield. They're going to set up like they always do. They're going to be tough to break down. But, you know, I, I just feel that Liverpool have too much quality. Uh, you know, playing in front of a packed Anfield again after so long, um, I think it's going to be massive for them. And um, the, the performance against Norwich last week wasn't bad. It wasn't fantastic. Uh, I thought, you know, Norwich had a couple of chances. Norwich, uh, to be to their credit, weren't as bad as they were a couple of seasons ago, I didn't think. Um but I, uh, you know, I can't see anything else apart from a home win here, to be honest with you. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Liverpool in front of that Anfield fans, I, I think is just a different proposition for anyone. Yeah, going into the break. And, and Des, I know you're, you're really excited about uh, Anfield being packed. I think it's the first time uh, it's going to be full house since they were crowned champions, right? 
So uh, the well, the Atletico Madrid gets no. We found <laughs> champions without Atletico Madrid was the last one. But yeah, it's great to get them back. There's been some uh, one or two issues of uh, of the new mechanics getting into Anfield. They've got a brand new system, and my brother was uh, locked out of of uh, one of the the friendly games. So there's one or two off field issues on the field. Keep it quiet. Now, the team are back. That midfield was done without Fabinho, um, who um, who was considered who only came on in the second half. Liverpool improved a lot. James um, uh, uh, Miller was um, Mil James Milner was in the heart of midfield. Liverpool dominated. Debuts for Van Dijk, absolutely superb. Uh, Matip is consistently underrated. He is close to world class alongside him. Joe Gomez is not a shoe in at centre back, but shh, keep it quiet. <laughs> Let's talk about Man United. Let's talk about Man City. Let's talk about the real, real uh, contenders. And Liverpool, just keep it quiet. 7.30pm kickoff on Saturday evening. Liverpool versus Burnley. There you have it. Des reckons a massive Liverpool home win. <laughs> back, <laughs> back right after this break. Big deep breath. Salah thumps it in as if he means it. On the ball on BFM 89.9. on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill and Craig Marias joining me on a lovely Friday evening. So excited. We're going to be able to go back to restaurants soon. Oh, no more own cooking. Yeah, that's a different show altogether. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on social media, guys. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And don't forget to sort out your fantasy football teams. The BFM League this season is brought to you by my-soccer.com. And throughout the season, we're going to have fantasy football tips on our page, uh, BFM Football. So do check them out. Aston Villa against Newcastle United is Sunday at 10 p.m. Villa, Bob Holmes, I'll come to you first. We, we said on Friday last week that Villa were one of these teams that bought well, they've invested the Jack Grealish money well, but I know it was 3-2 against um, Watford last weekend. I, I thought the, the two really <laughs> made Villa look better than they actually were. They were outclassed by Watford last weekend before they started the comeback. Uh, well, yes, I think you're being a little bit harsh. <laughs> I think Villa, uh, the fact that they did come back and get those two goals and almost a third, um, it showed fighting spirit, didn't it? Um, I think that uh, uh, Dean Smith would take that from it. Um, I mean, they were outdone by Ismail Assar. I mean, it was... Um, I mean, uh, Matt Target at left back had probably his, the worst game of his life. Um, he was mercifully taken off, <laughs> um, absolutely given the runaround by Saar. And um, they, they looked unbalanced and they, by that and they never uh, recovered until the second half when they, when they got the two goals back. Um, I think it was, uh, it was a rude reminder that they're not there yet. Some of us, including me, suggested there might be a top six contender this season, Villa. And that was a bit of a, 
bit of a shock, actually, to, to see them play like that against Watford. But Watford, um, they, I mean, they really took the ball by the horns, didn't they? I mean, a promoted side uh, coming up like that with an unknown manager and no significant new signings or anything. And they go at it like that against Villa, a fancied team with a lot of money spent on them. And, uh, I mean, they could, have, they could have been four or five up, couldn't they, before yeah. Villa settled. Um, very, very promising from a Watford, Watford point of view. Most of us had them as relegation certainties. I think we might have to look at that again. For um, Villa, I think the most disappointing thing is their, their big signing, the, the one they, they probably put the most hope on, Amy Bundia. He had a poor debut in Hertfordshire uh, against Watford. He's going to have to improve. Uh, but Newcastle, I tell you what, last weekend, uh, we said on Monday, the Newcastle-West Ham game was the best game of the weekend. Uh, Alan San Maximum, Craig, in full flight. He was a delight last weekend. He was jinking left. He was jinking right. But OK, Newcastle, defence is another story altogether, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, we go back to last weekend and what a match it was. Uh, what a match. West Ham, you know? I mean, we're talking about, you know, two teams just really going for it and, and not really bothering about defending, which is ultimately what cost Newcastle, in my opinion. Um, they left themselves a bit too open. Um, I think, you know, you, you look at the goal that Antonio scored and, you know, it's just, there's just no defence there. There's... The, I don't know where the midfielders were in Hayden and, and Shelby. Um, it, it was a bit of a mess, really. But, I mean, you talk about the quality that they have, um, you know, in West Ham. But Newcastle have a few decent players. And, yeah. You know, I keep I keep saying this, you know, I, I look at that Newcastle squad and it's not as bad as people make them out to be. You know, you, Steve Bruce gets a lot of criticism from his own fans even, uh, or mostly. Um, but I, I don't think he's doing a terrible job there. I mean... With, with the limited funds that he has, I mean, he spent 25 million on Willock and, and he said, you know, even getting that kind of money out for him was was hard enough. Um, so he, he's got a real battle there uh, with the owner and the board in terms of reinforcing the squad. But uh, I, I look at that Newcastle team and, and, you know, with the likes of Callum Wilson, um, you know, Joe Linton came off the bench, uh, St. Maximan, you know, I, I love him. I think he's a fantastic talent, but... He doesn't have enough assists and goals to his game. And that, that for me, is the problem. That is why uh, a lot of bigger clubs haven't come in for him. You know, but, you know, he obviously got an assist on the weekend. So maybe that changes this year. He's playing a lot further forward. He's almost got that free role, you know. And when he's in full flight, you know, it's so hard to get the ball off of him. Um, I, I, I'm not going to make any predictions for Newcastle because, you know, it's Newcastle, right? We don't know what's, what's going to come. But um, I, I just don't think they're as bad as everyone, you know, as, as anyone there. I mean, they're, they're a mid-table team at best, and, and that's where they will finish, um, with or without Steve Bruce. You know, I mean, they, if they sack, if they decide to sack Steve Bruce, it's not going to get any better. Let, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, it's not like they're going to compete, be competing for European spots. So just be happy with what you've got. And, and that's half the problem these days. Uh, fans aren't really happy with what they've got. Uh, yeah. That's why yeah. he'll run on, the, uh, on Newcastle. Steve Bruce, <laughs> one, one thing he has got to do is get the balance right, the, the defence and, and attack. And if he does, then there could be a lot of fun this season. Aston Villa, Newcastle. Sorry, sorry, Ross. You've got to remember uh, Lascelles. It's yeah, crucial yeah. to the defence yeah, and he's yeah. been out. Yeah. yeah, good point, good point. 
10 p.m. kickoff that one. Aston Villa against Newcastle. Leeds United against Everton is also Saturday at 10 p.m. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa and, and Leeds United, Des Corkill. Are, are they naive? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because that's the second thrashing they've had at, at Manchester uh, at Old Trafford last weekend. And, and you know, they went into that game um, maybe not in their best frame of mind. Why? Uh, I thought they went in in a great frame, frame of mind. That um, uh, the, the, the Bielsa, the, the St. Saint Bielsa had signed again and everything was going to go right. Listen, I, I read something very interesting in terms of um, the, the wages uh, at Leeds. And they were the third lowest uh, wages uh, last season. In the, in the English Premier League. And almost invariably, a league table follows who pays most, get, uh, gets up at the very top. That has been consistent throughout, well, throughout the Premier League days. And Leeds had the 18th um, highest wage structure. In fact, some of the teams in the Championship paid more than Leeds United. So for them to achieve what they did last year with their players uh, was was incredible. I think I said in the preview last week, I, th I think they overachieved last year and we're going to see a, a calming down. Um, you just look at the wage bill. You take somebody like Phillips out of the heart of their midfield and it changes everything about them in this second season. I thought United were terrific, by the way. I thought Fernandez breaking forward and getting uh, uh, beyond the, the front men was, was terrific. I thought Greenwood was excellent. Even Pogba played well. So, wonder if one wonders. Let's see what happens in the, in the middle of the season. But as, as for, for Leeds, they overachieved last year. And this will be a slap to the face to say, hey, it's a serious, serious league. We, we can't afford to do this. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves in real problems. They're at the bottom of the table after one game. You've got to get out of that bottom three inside the first uh, seven or eight games. Otherwise, it's a season of, um, of constant struggles. So this is an important game for Leeds against Everton. Won't be easy because Rafa's got Everton, I think, performing in a way that we thought Carlo Ancelotti would do. Yeah. So um, problems for Leeds, I feel. Real problems. It will be a packed Ellen Road. It will be a sellout crowd for the first time in 18 months. Uh, Bielsa's side were really strong at home last season. In fact, they won their final two matches at Ellen Road. So they're looking for three in a row, if you count last season and this one together. But um, Everton, Rafa Benitez, I, I, think, I think Des touched on it there. Um, Rafa brings a certain standard to this Everton side, Bob Holmes. I, I'm impressed the fact that he got Richarlison back and working from the Olympics so quickly after everyone's having breaks from Euros. I mean, for goodness sake. Yeah, uh, the Olympics and the Copa America. <laughs> yeah. needs, so uh, that's not, not a bad summer for Richarlison. But uh, to put on top of a slightly disappointing season, I thought last season, um, that might sound a bit harsh, but perhaps didn't get the service he was expecting. But uh, when you, I mean, Everton were disappointed to see Ancelotti go and they feel let down by him. He was a big name manager, won the Champions League three times, only, only Bob Paisley and Zinazin Zidane and he have done that. Um, and then go to Rafa Benitez, who has been around the block, including Liverpool, seem like a downgrade, but I don't think so. Yeah. I think Rafa is better suited to sorting out this Everton team than Ancelotti. Ancelotti is a good manager with great players, but 
Everton are not don't have many great players. They have a lot of hardworking, good, average to good players. And I think Rafa is going to do a better job. I think you, you can see that right away. The signings have not been there. He's not being given the money, anything like the money that Ancelotti was. But I think if he shows what he can do with this uh, relatively small amount of money, then he'll get the big, bigger bucks to yeah. come. And, and he, he never was a real big spender. He, he was a, more of an organizer. He, was, he made judicious signings at, at Liverpool. I mean, he got Torres for, for 20 million. You know, Fernando Torres, they sold him for 50. You know, I mean, he's, he's that, that kind of guy. That was a lot in those days, Bob. That was a lot. In it, was rel- it was a fair amount, but it, w- it was still nowhere near the record. And uh, it was obviously a very good piece of business, wasn't it? So he, he, can, he can spot a player. And I think he's going to, uh, I think Everton will definitely get the Everton Cup this year, put it like that. I don't think he'll quite get them into the top six, but uh, eighth or seventh uh, nailed on. And that, with you know, not much spending power, will not be considered too bad in the circumstances. So uh, I think he'll get more out of Richarlison. I'd like to see him get more out of Calvert-Lewin, but he needs the service. Calvert-Lewin was, was you know, feeding on scraps, really last year and then he's got to sort of James Rodriguez who I think is probably better off leaving he's not he doesn't look like a Premier League player quite no. frankly no he doesn't look like he, he figures in Rafa's plans all right uh going to the break with a quick prediction from Craig Marais Leeds versus Everton Craig uh I'm gonna go with the Leeds win um yeah uh, I think their home form and uh everything that they had last season I think they're looking to bounce back after last week so Leeds win for me brilliant see you on the other side of this break 11 would-be champions, beaten by 10 heroes from Leeds. Remarkable. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And City now storm into a position which may very well be impregnable. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back, back with Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Craig Marias. Looking forward to game week two of the brand new BPL season. Uh, as usual, you can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Give us a follow. And also keep up with your fantasy football teams. Don't forget, we have monthly prizes. This season, our BFM League is brought to you by my dash soccer.com right man city versus norwich is saturday at 10 p.m city um i'll come to you first craig marais man city this this season have played two competitive games they've lost them both one nil um obviously they're glaringly short of a front man hence the the pursuit for harry kane but he's not going to be in in time to to play against norwich i mean you think, though, they still have enough in the tank. Yeah, um, they, they definitely do. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, didn't obviously get off to the best of starts uh, last week, but I think everyone can see what they're missing. Um, I don't think it's a defensive issue. Um, they're just lacking that, you know, that body in the box, someone who's just going to be in and around there. I mean, 
that there's no doubt that they can create chances. We saw that, you know, and, and you could argue they were a little bit unlucky. The Mares slip uh, just before he's about to tap it home from, you know, six yards out. Um, you know, it just, it just wasn't meant to be, but you expect them to bounce back against Norwich um, with Harry what? Kane or without Harry Kane. Kevin De Bruyne came on for 15 minutes last week and looked the best player on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's just class, isn't he? He's yeah, class. Kevin De Bruyne. But, but you look at that team and, you know, you still got Phil Foden to come in. You still got Kevin De Bruyne to come in. Um, you know, it's just class all over. I mean, I, I was going to say Bernardo Silva, but I, I don't think he's going to be there much longer. Um, Rodri, Rodri's another one. John Stones. I mean, there's still quite a few players that need to come back into that side. Carl Walker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, this is not by any stretch of the imagination uh, City's strongest team. Um, you'd think it'll take about a month for them to kind of build back up. You know, the guys after the Euros, um, after Copa America, after um, all, all those, you know, big tournaments. Um, and, and I just feel that, I mean, you know, focusing on this weekend, it's just going to be too much for Norwich. Uh, I thought they weren't that bad against Liverpool, like I said earlier. But, I mean, it's Man City and, and they'll be looking for a response. They can't, and, you know, it's early in the season, but they can't afford to be six points behind the top. Uh, it's just as simple as that. I mean, I know it's, it's you know, two games in and there's a lot of games to play, but, you know, if you're Man City, you just don't want that gap. And, um, yeah, they, they'll get the three points this weekend. It's a tough old start for Norwich, isn't it? I mean, Liverpool <laughs> last weekend, Man City this weekend. And, and Bob, they, they're, Norwich are, are going to the Etihad when it's quite obviously going to be set up for the Jack Grealish show this Saturday afternoon. Yeah, uh, he's got a chance to uh, sort of endear himself to the City faithful. Uh, I think uh, 300 of them will be there at least. Uh, (laughs) um, Without Harry Kane, I think that's uh, the way this is working out. He's getting his own chance to show what he's about. Uh, Whereas if they'd both been there, he might have been overshadowed by Harry Kane. Um, He's uh, not done much yet. He's had a couple of of games, uh, one as a sub, one, one he started not shown a great deal, but uh, difficult coming uh, to a club like City. And uh, I think he's worked his way in slowly. There's no question about his quality. I mean, people might question 100 million for him. And the fact that City are going to have to pay that and half as much again for Kane means 250 million on those two players. And they're wondering, could they have got Messi? If uh, they hadn't have uh, invested in in Grealish particularly, well, of course, they don't have to pay anything for Messi, but his wages would be the um, would be the factor. And then they were offered another superstar, Ronaldo, in the week. Now, this is very interesting because it suggests that Juventus want to get him off the payroll. Uh, I mean, that is that shows how hard up Juventus are, how reality is actually making its presence felt. And uh, City apparently uh, said no, they didn't want him. I mean, he doesn't fit in with Pep's uh, plans. He's 36 and he also played for United. He might not want to go to City and upset the United fans. But interesting and if, if City don't get Kane, I mean, there is this possibility, you are dealing with Daniel Levy after all, 
he may stick out. It may be even be more than 150 million that he wants. Mm -hmm. And he's been known to take this to the absolute wire on these negotiations. Harry Redknapp at Spurs was driven bonkers by this because it meant that he couldn't get the players he wanted to buy. So it actually, this backfires, or it can backfire, this idea of dragging it until the deadline. Your, man, your own manager then can't buy the players he wants. This could happen again. Um, but bear in mind, Spurs have, have spent half the fee. So I think, I think they're going to sell. They've, they've spent 40-odd million on Romero, a centre-back, and 20-odd on Brian Gill and a reserve goalkeeper. I mean, they've spent 60, 60 or 70 million already. So definitely he's, um, he's, he's coming to City, I, I feel. Um, and they do need him. Yes, uh, they create all these chances, but um, I mean, it's no good just relying on being able to walk the ball in the net. And don't forget, Harry Kane was top in assists last season, as well as goals. So I think he's going to make a huge difference to uh, City. I think it's the difference between them winning it and not winning it, quite frankly. I think if they don't get him, Chelsea will win. And if they do get him, City will win the title. All right. Massive ask for Norwich City. They did not suffer any fresh injury problems against Liverpool. So um, Daniel Farker can put out the same side. It is a Saturday, 10 p.m. kickoff that one Man City against Norwich City. Um Crystal Palace versus Brentford could be very interesting. Also, Saturday at 10 p.m., uh, Brentford were the team of opening weekend, really. I mean, certainly the shock result, the one that made everybody raise an eyebrow, Des Colquill. Um, a very assured 2-0 win over the Gunners last weekend. Uh, they look fluid. They look feisty across the pitch. Thomas Frank looks a great addition to the Premier League manager's uh, hood. Uh, all, all good from, the, from, from Brentford this season. Yeah, I think we kind of predicted this uh, last week uh, because we thought that the, the, the big crowd, or not the big crowd, but the full house at the new stadium and a fresh Brentford coming in, not being scared of the, of the big name uh, boys. I mean, we've talked about Newcastle sitting back and defending and Norwich sitting back and defending. Brentford, I don't think, defend. I'll be interested to see how they take it against the big boys. But they didn't sit back against Arsenal. No. They actually maybe could have scored more than the two goals that they did, one of which was... Uh, highly dubious, the second goal, incredibly dubious. Um, a couple of goals last week um, in, the, in the Premier League were um, dubious to, to my mind. But they, they were just great. They play that uh, three at the back. Uh, they play Canyos as a kind of a wing back. And the boy can't defend. I remember him from his time <laughs> at football. He's, he's an attacking player. Henry uh, on the other side is a bit more defensive. And I, I love this. I've always liked this three at the back, um, be it with three midfield and two up front. But you are so reliant upon the work that your wing-backs do. And Sergi Canos cutting in and scoring the first goal just set the, the lid going for, for Brentford. And then they, they just took the game to a lacklustre Arsenal. Uh, they, they bullied uh, White, 50 million White, uh, on his debut. They, they seemed to bully Arsenal throughout the, throughout the game. And I don't know where Arsenal uh, go from this, but I thought Brentford were great uh, against a Crystal Palace side who struggled as we expected against Chelsea. This is the first chance for Patrick Vieira to say, this is my team. Yeah. I think this is a huge game for Crystal Palace because Brentford are on the high. 
if if they carry on their great form, it's great. If they lose, okay, it's not unexpected. For, but for Palace, I think this is a match that they really, even this early in the season, must make a statement by saying, listen, we're not going to be bullied. We can, we can take on attack-minded teams uh, and Brentford will take the game to Crystal Palace. Should be cracking. The atmosphere will be superb. Rip-roaring stuff. Proper Premier League football. To say Crystal Palace are in transition, Greg Marias, would be a tiny little understatement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, Patrick Vieira is going to have to take a, a safety-first approach. He has to try and get his ideas across. That's going to take time. And whilst all that's going on, you still have to get results. It's it's a tough old business, right? It is. And, and I hope, you know, when he took the job, you know, Steve Parrish would have said, you know, we're going to give you, you know, a bit of time to, to get things going, to get the plays that you want, to, to play the way that you want. Um, and, and you just don't want to see another Frank de Boer situation uh, going on at, at Crystal Palace. Um it's a tough, it's, it's a tough start, you know, going away to Stamford Bridge and 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 trying to get a result there. Um, but they were terrible, you know. They, they, there's no two ways about it. They were absolutely terrible. And um, you know, we, we got to look at it and see that you know there are some signings, new signings that were made that will come into the team. I think Anderson is a, is a really really good defender. I'm a massive fan of him. He comes into that side. You know, they started with. 18, 19-year-old uh, Mark Gree from uh, who, who they signed from Chelsea actually was on loan at Swansea last season, if I'm not mistaken. Good defender, young defender, but at 18 years old, you're throwing him up against you know the likes of uh, Timo Werner and uh, you know Pulisic and, and people like that. You know, it's it's tough. Um, so uh, you know, I think they can only get better if, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, a couple of weird decisions as well in that. I mean, the, the midfield too. Of uh, Reading World was, I mean, they, they they were just non-existent. They were. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, really, they didn't play last weekend. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, that's something that I think he really needs to look at. Um, uh, to be honest, but he's got Conor Gallagher who couldn't play against uh, Chelsea, obviously, to come into that side. He was pretty good for West Brom last season. Um, and 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 then up front, you know, they started with uh, Matete, but he, I mean, he, every time I saw him last season, saw him this season, he's. He's just not up to the levels, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, when uh, you, you expect Benteke to, to come into that. So there are a few, Elise as well, injured. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's a signing from Reading. Uh, so so there are quite a few bodies that comes into Eze as well. He's mm-hmm. injured. He was fantastic yeah. for them last yeah. season. So there, there are a lot of, lot of players that have to come into this Palace side. It wasn't the strongest side. Um, I can only think that they're going to get better. And, and I want Patrick Vieira to do well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an Arsenal fan or anything like that, but, you know, he, he has a, a stature within the game, um, an icon in the Premier League. So it's always nice to see, you know, those kind of players do well. So uh, I, I really hope that Palace do well, but he needs to get results fast. There's no two ways about it. Massive game for Patrick Vieira and Crystal Palace. It is Saturday, 10pm, Crystal Palace against Brentford. Final break back with uh, United, Arsenal, Chelsea and the Saints after this. Zaze, oh, it's a brilliant goal, a magnificent free kick, that was sensational. On the ball on BFM 89.9. United scything through their defence and Marcus Rashford in the right place at the right time to double the lead. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are, Bob, Craig and Des. 
Um, looking forward to game week two of the brand new season. What a start. If it's half as good as last weekend, we're in for a treat. Southampton against Man United is a Sunday 9 p.m. kickoff. Of course, Man United um, won handsomely last weekend. They, they were also involved in the midweek friendly. They beat Burnley 3-1 in midweek. But I, I want to talk about the Saints first, Bob Holmes, and I'm coming to you. Tough old job for Ralph Hasenhutl. We said already last week, uh, this season, he's lost the backbone of his entire first team uh, squad from last season. And, and there's still talk that more players will leave. Um, he has brought bodies in. Uh, Adam Armstrong got off to a scoring start, which is promising. But you fear for them, don't you? Yes, uh, but uh, you fear a little bit less because they've managed to sign uh, James Ward-Prowse uh, on a longer contract. He was reckoned to be uh, having one foot out of the door. Yeah, he couldn't week. leave. He couldn't be allowed. Um, no, he, if he had gone, then I think that really would have been, uh, you know, curtains for Saints, actually. Uh, but uh, he's, a, he's a local boy, I believe, and... Uh, you know, he's uh, he's decided to stay, came through the youth ranks, uh, got a bit of loyalty there. Loyalty, Des. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a rare commodity, but uh, I think James Ward-Prowse has shown it. Um, so that's a, that's a glimmer there. You mentioned Armstrong. I think that's a very good signing. Yeah. I know people at uh, Blackburn and uh, they rate him very highly. Um, so I think that's uh, excellent news. But they, I don't believe they've replaced uh, Vestergaard, who only went for 20, just over 20 million, 25. Yeah. 25. I think that's, uh, I know he's, you know, he's not a, a whippersnapper. He's, he's, a, he's getting on a bit. I suppose that um, is, is the factor. But I thought that's a, that's a bit of a bargain for Leicester to get a guy like him. I mean, he's a, a you know, he's an established international player. And a uh, very commanding presence at the back. So uh, Southampton are going to miss him uh, very much. But uh, they've been doing this. I mean, they missed uh, Hoiberg, didn't they? A couple of Mourinho took him to Spurs for a red, relatively modest fee. Again, I think 20-odd 20 20 odd million or so. Um, it makes you think they could get a bit more money for these guys. <laughs> um, but they are a selling club. And they've got their work cut out against United, who obviously are going to be on a high from last week. They're going to have Varane, I think most likely will start. And this is a good game for him to do so. Um, away from home, what looks like a relatively comfortable fixture. Um, perfect for, for Varane to uh, you know, make, get used to his teammates and then... Next week, he'll be uh, presented to the fans at home. So, yeah, it's hard to see anything other than a United win here after their performance last week. I mean, yeah, the big thing was Pogba. The big plus was Pogba. He got more assists in that game than he did in the entire previous season. Now, what does that tell you about him? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> players, players play well when they want away, don't they? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I said on Monday that, um, no, no disrespect to Southampton, we've never said in previous seasons 
Southampton's got a 9 nil in them. But this season, you actually feel that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, good point, Craig. Uh, if Sancho and Varane both could start, less pressure away from home, an ideal game, really. Yeah, um, I think United would want to build on the victory last week, an emphatic victory last week. Um, and it's a big contrast to last season, the start that they had, you know, struggling at home, um, you know, awful start. I think it was Palace, our first game, I could be wrong. Um, and it was 3-1 or something like that. Um, so, so it wasn't a great start, but you can see the difference that the crowd make. Uh, I think the players surprisingly looked a lot fitter, less sluggish. Um they, they were on it from the start, which is which is always good to see. Uh, but again, you can't read too much into it. Um, it's it's you know the first game of the season, and, and there's still going to be many twists and turns ahead. Uh, but you know it, it's a it's a great start in terms of fixtures as well for United because um, Southampton obviously like you know they've lost a lot of key players over the years, and I think it's been an awful transfer window for them. Um, in losing some real key players there, and 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 I just think that you know it's 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 really you know a good strong start you know could could uh, you know be very crucial to United having a good season and if they get that kind of winning mentality going, um, uh, you know it, it's just amazing when we look at at the squad and that played last week the first eleven and you think about the names that still have to come into it you know we you know we mentioned Varane and Sancho. Uh, let's not forget, you know, the likes of Marcus Rashford when he's fit, Cavani as well. Um, th- there are some good, good, good players to come into that. So uh, De, Gea, De Gea and Henderson, you know, it's still a bit of a toss up between who's number one there. Um, so there, there are, you know, uh, there is depth in that squad now. And, um, you know, as I said before, I said before the start of the season, you know, this, I think this is probably Ole's last chance. You know, he has to win a trophy this season. Um, if he doesn't, you know, I, I, I'm not sure they would, but I think he's been given enough time to do that. And whatever trophy that is, you know, but he just needs silverware this season. Um, I think United continue their form and and get a victory um, against Southampton. All right. Sunday, 9pm, that one, Southampton against Manchester United. Um, Arsenal against Chelsea is the big game this weekend. Des Corkill, it's all set up for £50 million Ben White against 97 Point eight million pound Romelu Lukaku can't be fairer. Uh, if I may just refer back to, to Bob's last uh, comment, sorry, uh, I've never heard the word whippersnapper used in a podcast, so <laughs> big thumbs up. And James Will Prowse is a Pompey boy, Bob, so uh, he's hardly local. Pompey guys will not happy, be happy to say this. He's been there since he was eight years old, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, and he's, it's the same county, Hampshire. Yeah. Ooh, you tell Portsmouth and Southampton fans that. <laughs> <laughs> A whippersnapper. Oh, sensational. Anyway, uh, you've got um, Lukaku, who I adore. Always have. He's looking even better. Have you seen his physique? He's slimmer, but still as strong. The shoulders are as wide as, as London Bridge. Uh, and he's fast and he's, he's powerful. Uh, he's terrifying to come across. If Ben White was upset by the Brentford attack last night, he will be having nightmares ahead of this game because Lukaku is just a phenomenal uh, he's a great footballer going that way. Uh, if he's attacking you, I cannot think of a more terrifying sight. And I think um, ridiculous, stupid obscene amounts of money of course I've got to say that I've got to throw that one in but purely making it about the football 
What a signing. That makes a huge difference for Chelsea. If they can play to his strengths, if they can get the ball in front of him, then they really are genuine contenders because he is... I've, I've been following this kid's, uh, this guy's um, career since the Anderlecht days when he was a, 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 a boy in man's body. And I think he's been, he's been terrific wherever he has gone. He's scored goals. I couldn't understand how United fans didn't really take to him um, after that year in Italy where he scored goals for firm for Inter Milan and then coming back to Chelsea. I think that is a, a, ahead of Harry Kane. A um, hundred times over. Give me Lukaku over Kane. Romelu Lukaku's mum used to carry his passport along when he was a youth player playing inside just to, to prove, prove just his to prove. age. To be, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you, you look at Arsenal. I want to say they're in transition, Bob, but they can't forever be in transition, can they? And and also, you you look at the side. Obama Young and Lacazette are doubts this weekend. Without them, they're they're not much as well, are they? Uh, I think they've been in transition since uh, about <laughs> five years before Arsene Wenger left. <laughs> oh. um, they they really are are struggling, and uh, they've spent a bit of money on are spending it. I mean, Odegaard, he's he's not a bad player, thirty odd million. Ben White, fifty. Um, are they getting the bang for their buck? It, it strikes me that they're they're lashing out, but what are they getting for it? They're getting decent players, but they're not getting players that you would expect Arsenal to sign. I mean, there's no more um, Aubameyangs or, or Ozil's or even Lacazette's. Um, they seem to have uh, managed to spend quite a lot of money, but uh, sort of downgraded their targets a bit. Ben White, I mean, okay, 23 years old, all right for Brighton, decent for Brighton, but not really a top international player by any means. And 50 million, sounding like Des here. Um, <laughs> so I don't... God forbid. No, I, they're very much in transition, very much so. I, um, I hope the Arsenal fans don't turn on Arteta. I hope they give him a, a few games because I think he's a, he's a decent guy and there may be a manager in there. But uh, and it seems as if the policy is to buy these young players, right, 20, 22, 23 years old, Odegaard and White both uh, fall into that category. Um, that's okay, but are they good enough? That's the thing. But on the other hand, they do have Saka and Smith Rowe signed up long term. Oh, well, they're looking at Ramsdale, aren't they? They're signing Ramsdale. Again, another 22-year-old. He was on the fringe of the England squad uh, for the Euros. A decent keeper, but not a world beater. You know, again, is he any better than Leno? I mean, we know that they let the best keeper they had go, Emmy Martinez, for 20 million. Uh, I think a bit of bit of misjudgment there. But uh, no, they seem a bit ordinary, their signings. And it looks like they might have to settle for, what was it, eighth, ninth, wherever they came last season. Mm -hmm. I don't see a massive improvement on that, quite honestly, with the, with the way it's looking. So it Unless they get some wins under their belt quite, quite soon, I think the fans are going to be on uh, Arteta's back. Craig Marias, we're going we're gonna to wrap up with a prediction from you. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Shock win for the Gunners? 
I just can't see it. Um, <laughs> I, I just think they're a bit all over the place. And uh, there's nothing that I saw last weekend, even with Aubameyang coming back into that side, I, I just can't see how uh, they can get a result uh, against a very, very strong Chelsea, a title favourite uh, Chelsea. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the Chelsea win here. All right, we've got Monday game as well. West Ham, uh, Leicester is Monday. Um, that's about all the time we have. Hope you enjoy what you've been listening to. Remember, podcasts available at bfm.my. Uh, tonight's one available from 9.30 p.m. onwards. Right, let me say thanks and good night to Bob Holmes. Good night, everybody. Uh, thanks and good night to Craig Marias. Thank you. Good night and enjoy the football. And Des Gorgil, a pleasure as always. And from this whippersnapper, a reminder that Pahang take on Kuala Lumpur in about five minutes' time. I was wondering how he was going to use whippersnapper and himself together, but he managed it. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.